0: Alive and kicking on News Talk.
1: Yes, you can email the show Alive and kicking at newstalk.com, or find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire McKenna Presents. Coming up this morning, Venetia Quick gives her last minute tips for anyone running the Dublin Marathon next weekend. Emer Daly is back with the latest in health and wellness news and Lorraine Keane on why she's proud to break the taboo on the menopause. So what kind of a health and wellness week did I have? Well, I was a bit all over the place this week. Didn't quite feel on top of things at all. Forgot to send my son with his swim kit to school. Agreed to take the neighbour's kids when my daughter actually had swimming. Spent the days working away but never really feeling like I was getting anywhere. Do you know those kind of weeks? I think I probably need a break, a proper restful break and... Speaking of which, I was working for Discover Northern Ireland this week and fronting a campaign about the importance of changing things up. And did you know that doing the same thing over and over again, the joy diminishes from it? It's called hedonic adaption. So to change up even our route to work or the walk we do or to mix up our routine in any way can really boost our mood and well-being. And of course, To get away from it all can really be a chance to recharge and reset while having a new experience for yourself. And it's always funny for me to be the one answering the questions on the radio instead of asking them, but I have enjoyed it talking about the change of season and autumn breaks. I do love this time of year. I think that nature really plays a blinder with the leaves changing on the trees, and that's kind of there to help us get over saying goodbye to the summer and the long, bright evenings and mornings. And traditionally in Ireland, the time of Samhain is the harvest time, time to take stock of all that's gone on in the year and to celebrate. And with all that's going on in the world at the moment, it really is the simplest of things which are to be celebrated. You can email the show, aliveandkicking at newstalk.com. Now, Emer Daly joins me with the latest in health and wellness news. Thank you, Claire, for having me today. Uh, Lorraine Keane is coming on today's show to talk about menopause awareness because we had World Menopause Day during the week and you've taken a look at some of the femtech that's come with the resurgence of us talking about menopause.
2: Yes, I have. I had the pleasure of talking to Heidi Davis, who has created a wearable device for women going into that perimenopausal stage so they can track their own symptoms. And it's so lovely to see positive news around menopause and like how things are elevating. And it's nice to see that we're getting research to track symptoms and kind of take away that guessing game for women when they go into the doctors, they can actually bring in the data from this device Um, And show them what symptoms they're having and they can just get treated directly for what's happening with their body.
1: And tracking is
2: actually so important because when
1: we're going through something, we're like, I'll never forget this. And cut to two days later, you've forgotten. You've forgotten what it felt like. You've forgotten what you had for breakfast. You've forgotten of all the little things around it that might give you a pattern when looked
2: at over time. Absolutely. And that's the thing as well. It's like, yes, you might be having like a hot flash or something, but you also could have done like an extra amount of exercise that day. And that could be contributing to that as well. So it's just pinpointing and giving women like the empowerment of what's going on with their body. Um, And I love how it's just becoming like so easy. It's something you can wear every day, just like a Fitbit or something. Um, And it's personal to you and you can just track what's going on. And it just gives you that bit more reassurance, I guess. International
1: Stress Awareness Week um, happens at the start of November and they've released some interesting information about sniffing our partner's clothes.
2: Yeah, so if you are a divil of taking someone's jumper and not returning it, studies have actually shown from the University of the British Columbia that taking a loved one's jumper and wearing it, the smell can have a real effect on reducing your stress levels. Particularly for women, we have more of a way of bringing our stress levels down from a sense of smell because we're have quite a strong sense of smell whereas for men they'd be more visual um, to bringing down their stress levels they'd need to like see a partner's clothes or a loved one um, for those stress levels to kind of come in so it was a nice one to tie in with International Stress Week and um, that's coming up
1: That's so sweet I mean I know, I've heard of kids taking their parents' clothes with them if they're going to sleep over but I never really thought about throwing my husband's jumper on to
2: get me through a stressful day Have you never taken someone's hoodie and been like I promise I'll give this back to you No, I
1: knew, by the way, you said it at the start, you were (laughs) self-confessing.
2: I was self-confessing. I have multiple hoodies that I need to return. (laughs) Now, the peaks we reach at 40 or later, you've got a bit more good news for us. I do, yeah. I'm loving all this positive news um, as we grow older and we get into the later years of life. It's nice to know that positive things are coming down the line. So neuroscientist um, Daniel Levitin suggests that we never stop learning and our brain is always making new connections. So at the age of 40, we're actually more likely to complete an ultramarathon. Um, For women, their kind of peak age for creeping into um, the marathon would be 44 and for men it would be around 45. So The reason that they're seeing this is because maybe we don't have that speed or the same kind of muscle mass, but we do have more focus and determination to get through something um, that we've built up over the years. And if you see in the likes of like athletes and Olympics that have gone on, Serena Williams, she was 41, Tom Brady at the age of 45. Like they're in their peak there as well. So good advocates for, you know, sports and moving on with that.
1: And an interesting age that we pinpoint as our happiness, our happiest.
2: Yes, at the age of 80. So a telephone survey in America showed that 82 was the peak age for being happy. And usually people always say, oh, I was so happy when I was in school or in college. But actually, 82 seems to be when you just throw all the cares out the window and you say, maybe this is actually the happiest that I am.
1: I love that because I always hark back to the 20s where you were old enough to be able to do everything, but not old enough to have huge responsibility. And that was just a really joyous, carefree time. But seems like my happiest time is still ahead of me. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And tell us a bit about some of the TikTok genres that are going on and, and what's trending there in the health and wellness world.
2: Yeah, so I was looking into a wellness retreat in Malibu. It's always interesting to see what they're doing on the other side of the world when it comes to wellness. I think this could be a work trip for us. This could be a work trip. <laughs> yes, let's do it. So Kelsey Dara, um, she's well known on TikTok. She's a filmmaker. She's a comedian. She actually wrote a book that had a huge success around her own experience with anxiety and panic attacks. So she put together her own wellness retreat, um, which had a range of things that we usually see at wellness retreats breath work, ice baths, yoga. But some interesting ones there were body paint therapy, which focused on putting paint on the areas of your body that you might um, feel insecure about or you're not confident in to just bring your awareness to those body parts. And it looked like great fun of girls just like running around, having a laugh, listening to music putting paint on their bodies. And then another one that I thought was really interesting was a scream therapy. Now that kind of terrified me when I first heard of it. But scream therapy is basically looking into the mirror for about 30 minutes and writing your own personal mantras and then coming together with a group of people that are on the retreat and shouting out your mantras your personal mantra and then everybody else in the group would shout it back to you. Um, And many of the girls at the wellness retreat, you know, a lot of healing came up for them. They were crying or they were laughing and they just felt they felt a huge sense of relief. I
1: thought we were all just going to stand in a room and just scream and get (laughs) all that tension out there. Maybe we could do that as well. I have to say, Body pain therapy and scream therapy both make me feel quite
2: uncomfortable, but there's are the things you need to lean into, aren't they? Absolutely. Doing things that we think might not work for us are usually the ones that do. Well, a trip to
1: Miami sounds like I could get <laughs> comfortable with the uncomfortable. Emer tell people where they can find you.
2: Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Daily Wellbeing and I have a podcast called Figuring It Out. So please give that a listen if you enjoyed today's wellness news. Emer thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: Alive and kicking on News Talk.
2: You're welcome back
1: to Alive and Kicking. Now, broadcaster Venetia Quick was on the show a few months back, talking about how running was one of the things that helped her put herself back together after the sudden death of her husband Martin, and that running also led to her running the Dublin Marathon, which she's doing again next Sunday. And she joins me in studio now with some last minute tips for people. Oh. No pressure, Venetia. <laughs> Let you rest. How are you? I'm I'm good.
0: I'm good. I'm sort of, um, I think at the stage now at this point where there's not long to go, you're sort of going, are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you scared? Um, You know, there's all these different emotions to it. Have you done enough? I think is always my thing should I run up that extra hill or I'm sort of doing quick little runs out to Milltown and Clonsky and stuff because I sort of went, oh, I should really do those now
1: before the big day. So you're not one to really follow a plan necessarily. Did, you know, everyone's yeah. like, I, there's a lot of people in yeah. my circle and they're like, we've done the 36K now. And, mm. you know, there's all these milestones. Mm. So do you work off that? I do to a certain degree.
0: I mean, the Irish Life Dublin Marathon have really, really good Insta page with um, you, sort of your plan, whether you're advanced or you're a beginner or what you are. And I would follow that to a certain degree, but I also have to fit in a lot of my training around, you know, what's going on in real
1: life. Yeah. You've got three <laughs> so, boys. Yeah.
3: So
0: work. Work and just day to day. So yeah. it's sort of you're, because you're fitting that in, it mightn't go, I mightn't follow it right down to the last sort of um, T or kilometre, so to speak. So, for example, I did, would do, they have been doing their long runs on a Sunday. I might do mine on a Friday or Monday because that's where time allows. And that's the whole thing with running anyway is it's sort of, you can build it into your day-to-day life. You know, you're not committed to a time or a date or whatever. So I think once you follow the plan to a certain degree, certainly for me, that sort of has worked so far for
1: me. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, you've done it before. Does that give mm-hmm. you a bit of confidence or is that is that worse because you know what's ahead?
0: Uh, I think it sort of makes you feel better. Uh, but saying that this time last year, I was feeling the same amount of scared as I am now. But you know what's really good about this year, I think, is they're going to do the... The purple carpet for the last mile. So I know towards the end last year I was really sort of right down the end, starting to struggle. And then actually only because there were sort of I knew a lot of people towards the last the last mile who were just like going cheering on and I could hear them and that sort of stopped me walking, I think the last bit. So I think the the fact that they're going to do the purple carpet for the last mile will really help you know. That you're at the end and that you can just do it so there's the last bit but I think compared to last year I know where the points I sort of started to hit mentally were if that makes sense I mean Klonski was where I sort of went
1: oh I yeah know, like I'm nowhere near this? town
0: yeah and also but that's it and it's like I'm still so far away because I think I'd sort of read okay once you get to Foster's Avenue that's downhill and then it's along the UCD flyover and you're nearly there but actually the UCD flyover is quite long when you get there and at that point you know you've done the guts of it and your legs are going and you're tired and you know so I think f- to get over that sort of mental um uh, wall in my head I've sort of gone up through Klansky a couple of times and gone yay
1: I love Klansky again I love that <laughs> a little bit of CBT <laughs> you know and knowing that there's going to be a carpet yeah. laid out is going to make all the difference yeah. but it does sound like it's as much a mental challenge it as it is a physical challenge and you always hear the anecdote that the mind will give up before the body mm. ever will. But they're, they're interconnected. As you said, when your legs are turning to jelly and it's very hard for you to still catch your breath and mm. you're still thinking how much you've got to do, it's very hard to kind of overcome that. So mm-hmm. mentally, how do you do I that? I think it, that depends on the person. I mean, I do
0: know some people that do it and they just go in and it's a run and it's more um, a physical thing than a mental thing. But for me, it's very much both. Um, And I think for a lot of people, it is a mind over matter in a lot of ways. Like you have to separate the mind from the legs, if that
1: makes sense. Totally. Um, And I mean, all the athletes now will mm. have a sports psychologist teaching them. And at the start line, which is why maybe this week, try not to be thinking, have I done enough? Can I do it? Say, yes, I can. I've done the best I can. And I'm going to smash this next week. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's sort of,
0: You know, every time you do even just a run for yourself or you might do a half for yourself, you know, 20K, 20K, 21K, 22K, just to sort of keep the legs going and stuff. You find little techniques you do yourself that you didn't, you don't realise you do. Like I notice I sort of get easily distracted (laughs) Anyway, at the best times. But I notice that um, that's one thing I do do is I sort of go, oh, like when you're starting to feel the legs going or whatever I notice sort of little things along the journey and I think I spoke about this before that you sort of memories come back in certain parts of where you are on the route so you might remember you know um, a certain part may have special memories for you or bring back fun memories and then you'll think about that for a while or you know you might notice when you're you know, running through, I don't know, Castlenock, that they've really nice houses in Knock. You can have a good nosy like, inn. You know, I know, I love a, a bit of that. Inn, and that sort of then might take you another kilometre or two without realising it. So I sort of think you can have distraction techniques yeah. that help a
1: little bit as well. And what about then the night before? What will you do the day before, the night before? I think
0: the night, I think they're the most different, the day, the two nights before and the two days before and the sort of you anticipation know, is the the at anticipation, peak. Anticipation um, is you know I think you, you have to get your stuff ready you know, get all your bits so you're ready to go because it is quite an early start um, if you think about it because you're there for I think 8.45 is the first, I know my wave is 5 past 9 so I'll try and be there by, by 20 past eight.
1: So what time will it be up? And like, you know, what's for breakfast? Um,
0: I, well, see, I'm very set in my ways. Everybody has their own different things. I'm a firm believer, <laughs> whether it's rubbish or not, the beetroot juice makes you faster. Right. Yeah. So okay, apparently that's heard my, here first
1: <laughs> from a non-qualified my, medical professional. Absolutely. i just like to say that's my
0: thing only. Right. Um, but that's your magic juice. It's my magic juice. And again, look, a lot of this, we're talking about the mind and keeping your mind. That's in, you know. Yeah, love it. So I have my beetroot juice. I have my coffee, my water, my banana. I have a protein bar and that's sort of. Pretty much. Yeah, because you don't want anything it. too heavy. And I'm not a big breakfast eater anyway. So okay. they change, they say don't change. Who you are. What you'd have. So whatever you'd have maybe for dinner the night before, have that. That's, you know, stick to the, what you're used to and what you do. Um, But always for me, I suppose, and this is a real age thing, I think as well, is um. I try and go to the loo at the very last minute, like because I just I always that's always I really wanted thing. to ask
1: you about that. I mm. mean, like Paula Radcliffe is just yes. ingrained in our heads. I, I mean, know, going yeah. to the toilet can yeah. really make or break you. But it can like I mean, you know, it's true. I
0: said a, a a talk thing recently and this came up because I suppose for me I always run a route when I'm generally training where I know there's a loo halfway. Yeah, you know, so that's my my stopgap or whatever, and um, that that's my thing. Is I get really annoyed if I think I have to waste time. Yeah, going to the loo. And you don't Do you know queue I mean?
1: or anything, or no, really have to come to a full stop. There okay, are,
0: you know, enough on the route That you know, if you need to, I mean, look, if you're a guy, it's it's handier. You no, know, it, in all ways. Let's just
3: <laughs> let's just
0: uh, not beat about the bush there, but like it is, it's sort of one of those things like last year I was okay I went to the very last minute and then the race started as was grand all the way through uh, again that's sort of you don't want to have to pull a lift, but it has happened
1: yeah not yeah. really the coach, Yeah. yeah. And not, the other, the other. I mean, look, we yeah. just pray but that you just all, get a straight run. Yeah. A straight run. Let's straight just call one, it that. Okay, cups be great. And you turned 50 over the yes. last little while yeah, in a gorgeous July. mini and heels. Loved it. Oh yeah, my Barbie look. So you are <laughs> heading into this decade with yeah. a very cool energy.
0: Well, yeah, it's funny because I think the 50 thing was, I actually went away for the actual Birthday with some friends. We went to, actually went to Menorca for a couple of days, which is great. Uh, eight of us went away in the summer. And I'd never sort of planned on doing, because uh, in my head, I'm always sort of 35. I've never, I don't see the, the age thing as any sort of hindrance or, you know, it's just a number. Um, and, but I never really wanted to have the 50th. Birthday thing because I guess for Martin he never got to fifty and I always sort of thought, you know, that's a bit. I I never felt like doing it and then suddenly in the summer as it got closer to it, he was sort of in my head going, just have a bloody party. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. why wouldn't you? So I did. I had one in September and it was uh, great fun and it was you know I sort of felt that it was the right thing to do. I had a mixture of all our friends and it was also a nice way I think to thank the people that have given me so much support and helped me, you know, in the last uh, five and a half years because it's not often you can get to, like you can bring somebody out to dinner or you can, you know, go to the theatre or something and do nice things for people but it was nice to have most of them in one room and just be able to, you know, buy them a few drinks and have some nice food and music and have a bit of fun and just, I suppose, have a party for both of us and a thank you party as
1: well. Yeah, and I so. mean, look, I was at a funeral this week myself and life is to be celebrated and not to be taken for granted. So, so to no. gather your friends together and, you know, smile and yeah. laugh and, and and hug. I mean, we shouldn't I think jump that, over know, opportunities I think to do that. Yeah,
0: and I think you're right. I think that's so important because certainly amongst my group of pals, we've had too many, unfortunately, funerals recently where everyone's just getting together and it's for a funeral of somebody who, you know, you feel shouldn't have passed before uh, their time. So I just sort of felt something happy and actually like now a lot more people are having their big birthdays and they're going all out out and going, do you know what? We're going to do this and we're going to have a bit of crack because you do have to remember that, you know, it's it's a one chance game do you know what
1: I mean and it's a privilege that not everybody gets and I'm so glad you did it dressed Mm -hmm. as a really cool hot Barbie (laughs) if people want to find out more about the marathon and there's lots of tips and information Mm. there irishlife IE. may all the love and support you had in those heels carry you through that marathon and may you get a personal best in that you. you sail over that line and feel Thank really you. proud of yourself. Remind us who you are raising money for.
0: Um, I'm doing it for the Gavin Glenn Foundation this year um, because they raise a much needed funds for the parents of children that have cancer and they're them for treatment abroad. So it sort of alleviates the financial burden um, because obviously, you know, everybody's been touched by cancer I think unfortunately at um, some point in their lives by somebody they know and I think if it's your child you know that's even more horrendous so this sort of alleviates some of that uh, financial burden um, so they can get treatment abroad so if you'd like to donate it's uh, idonate.ie forward slash Venetia Quick
1: Brilliant Venetia thank you so much Thank you
0: Alive and Kicking on News Talk.
1: Now Lorraine Keane has one serious CV from the Eye in the Sky with AA Roadwatch to starting Expose on TV3. She's always been one of Ireland's favourites. In more recent years she's been working with brands. She's set up Fashion Relief which has raised thousands for charity and she has been an advocate for awareness around menopause. She joins me in studio now. Lorraine, you're very welcome.
3: Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here.
1: And obviously our paths cross lots of times over the years but I'm actually delighted to get my hands on you, to interview uh. you because <laughs> you're a really inspirational person. You're a real go-getter. You can tell you really listen to your gut and you make things happen.
3: I love um, what I do. I feel very privileged to still be doing it all these years later. Um, and I'm not about taking risks. I don't I don't mind. I'm not afraid about taking risks. I should say. So when it comes to my career, so um, as a result, I've. Yeah, I've tried lots of different things and enjoyed every single one of them. Haven't regretted one moment, um, which is a nice thing to be able to say. And um, and yeah, I like being busy as well. So it's funny back back in the day when people used to say to me in my twenties about being ambitious, it was almost like they were they were insulting you. You you couldn't admit as a female in Ireland that you were ambitious. And and um, thankfully that has all changed because you know I've always been somebody that wanted to do well, but but I'm very passionate about the area that I work in and I, I won't work on anything or with anyone um, or with any brands unless I'm genuinely using those brands myself or I'm, I'm genuinely passionate about them. And that's a lovely place to be at this stage of my life.
1: And I've always really admired how you stepped away from Exposo because it was the right thing for you and then you carved out a career on your own terms. I mean, yeah. to have a career on social media now is the norm, but it, it wasn't no. then. And and you just did that and had that faith in
3: yourself that this is the right thing for me. I just wanted to be happy, you see, and and expose was one of the best things I've ever done. I worked in TV3 as entertainment correspondent for nine years. Before that, um, it was my Dream job, and I absolutely loved my career and my TV3 family. But I was miserable towards the end because it was such a demanding show. So I was working six days a week and some evenings as well. So, you know, there'd be two or three nights during the week that I wouldn't even see the girls before they went to bed. Um, and they were happy because they were home with the full-time nanny. Alma was like their other mom and she's still a huge part of our family. Peter was in the studio below, so their dad was up and down. And um, they were doing fine. You know, everybody was happy except me. <laughs> and it was because, you know, the juggle was a struggle at that stage. And I, you know, I suppose being a mom and, um, and yeah, being, being a parent was the most important thing to me. And... I was spending less and less time doing that and being that person. So I just thought, you know, something's got to give here. And I didn't want it to be my mental health, my marriage or my little family. And I didn't have my two babies for somebody else to rear them and get the enjoyment out of them. Yeah. So when they were three, almost three and almost five, I decided to to take a break and um, and go freelance.
1: And that's another thing we're not really allowed to say, you know, that I'm taking a step back from this, that I want to be at home more. Mm-hmm. Um and yet you did that and it didn't mean the end. It just meant an absolute new beginning. So because you're here, because we've just had menopause mm-hmm. awareness day this week, let's talk a bit about that. Mm-hmm. When that brand came calling when Dr. Mary Ryan came to you. Did you have any hesitation initially in putting yourself forward? Because you and Mary have been going around the country and you've been working with Clean Marine for eight years. So eight years ago,
3: menopause discussion and menopause perception was very different. Yeah, it was a dirty little secret, you know, for forever before that point, for all of the generations past. Um, And... That annoyed me because it's only another natural life stage in our hormonal journey as women. We have five from puberty to postmenopause, And sometimes, you know, when you think about why it had those kind of connotations of being past it and old and decrepit, uh, women... You know, in that last stage of life after 50, maybe had, you know, 10 or 15 years left. But now we're living to 80, 90, even 100. So after 50, I'd like to think I have 30, 40, maybe even 50 years left. So um, I had suffered in silence for so long. I had no idea that the symptoms I was was suffering with um, were anything to do with my hormones. So I was a bit cross with myself because of that, because I'm a journalist, I read a lot. Anytime I saw anything in, a newspaper, magazine or online uh, to do with menopause, peri or otherwise I would just skip through Claire because I thought that's not relevant to me yet like that's way down um, in my future and, um, and then when I realised that I had suffered unnecessarily because none of us knew you know enough about our hormones and perimenopause and menopause I thought well you know you're always talking about being a woman's woman and women supporting women so you know put your money where your mouth is and, and share this story because it will help. But at the time, you know, all of my contemporaries and lots of, of my friends in the business, because I had just become freelance as well, were saying, Lars, are you mad? <laughs> like, why would you do this? This is going to make you seem older. And anybody who knows me would would know that, you know, discussing my age up to that point was never something that I, you know, was that comfortable with. You know, I was kind of skipped past again because the, the industry that we work in is very ageist towards women. And then I just thought, you know what, who cares? Really, who cares? Um, and I spoke to Peter about it. And when I think about it now, you know, I said to Peter at the time, would you be OK with this? Which even now, when I think about that, asking my husband that question is ridiculous. But that back then it was a real kind of concern. And he said, absolutely not. You know, you know yourself what what you want to do. You've never got it wrong up to now. So um, off I went out, yeah, doing a, a nationwide tour called Let's Talk Menopause, (laughs) and um, surprised a lot of people. But uh, it's been the most incredible thing that I've ever done, to be perfectly honest. Um, When I come back, you know, from one of my events with my panel of experts, including Dr. Mary Ryan, and a nutritionist and a well-being and an exercise expert, because the lifestyle changes are a huge part whether you go down the medical route or the natural health route, lifestyle changes, which are free, are the most important bit, really, um, because nothing will work properly unless you make changes there. But I'd come back up to the hotel room to ring Peter like I would after any gig, whether it's a charity ball or, or anything. And uh, he said, you know, he's never heard me buzzing as much as I, I do after those events. And it's because I know that we're helping women, you know, and making a difference. So to see, you know, now how far we have come in those years, it's mainstream media now. It's um, incredible, it's, it's incredible, incredibly proud, and incredibly proud of all of the, the women, the Irish women that have come out and spoken and shared their journey. Because when you, when you talk, you support, um, and because you're sharing the information, and we're empowering ourselves and each other by doing that.
1: And do you ever get men at these events? Because I always think it's really important that this isn't just a female issue. If you have any woman in your life or no matter yeah. how you Whether identify, your mother, your it sister, ripples out. Yeah,
3: your your partner. Yes, we do, actually. Uh, and I would love to see more men coming to the events. I get a lot of messages on my Instagram from men um, that are asking questions because they want to support their wife and they're a little bit confused and and, you know, I think that's why it's so important that it's a subject that's discussed with your partner. Um, because sometimes men feel very isolated and they can blame themselves. I think Peter was kind of relieved when I was able to, you know, tell him it's just my hormones and I know how to manage my symptoms now. So things are going to get better. Because at the time, you know, he. He thought that maybe there was something wrong with with our relationship, you know, because I had become very kind of low energy, um, low in my mood at times, um, irritable, you know, which is not like me and kind of snappy and uh, little or no libido and all of those kind of things do affect a relationship. So. I think Peter could probably actually do this interview with you, Claire. (laughs) We get him in. We get him in. Um, But so it is really important, yeah, that men are involved in the conversation. I love during the the second the second lockdown in COVID. Peter has a WhatsApp group with his schoolmates, and one of the lads came on the WhatsApp group and he said, um, "Oh God, I don't think I can face another lockdown. I'm stuck in a house here full of females. There's a lot of hormones." And uh, one of the other lads piped in with menopause, menopause, menopause. I blame Lorraine (laughs) Keane. Because I knew Peter was on the WhatsApp and I thought, this is brilliant. They're talking about menopause in the lads WhatsApp group. I love that. And I think because of
1: everything we hear about ageing. And that's why I asked you because like even hands up, like I'd I'd see you or I know Louise Duffy did a campaign at one point and she's going by me on a bus. And because I work in this industry, I'm like, ooh, brave move girls. And I shouldn't have to think that because I thought it was fantastic, obviously, and I knew it was empowering. But you do wonder, will other people think that this is going to age you? Yeah, And I think often menopausal symptoms are pushed aside because we think it's just age. And we're like, I'm old now. I'm more tired. Mm -hmm. Sex isn't really for me. I'm not going to be the same as as I was in my 20s. Whereas with a few tweaks, Mm -hmm. you're back.
3: Yeah, somebody said to me, I was was, uh, talking and then also speaking and then hosting a panel at the Menopause Success Summit uh, last weekend with Catherine O'Keefe, an amazing... um, Love Catherine all day. Oh my god, it was just fantastic. The experts that she had and the people sharing their stories—it was just incredible. But somebody said to me at um, at the break, Lorraine, you've made menopause sexy. <laughs> we were laughing. I was going, okay, that might be you know one hot flush too far, <laughs> but I don't think so, it Lorraine. Done, it's made it look okay. Do you know what I mean? You can actually be happy, be healthy. You know, look presentable, look good, feel good. And still go through this natural life stage. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's all about knowledge, Claire. Knowledge is key. Just to educate yourself, and there's so much amazing information out there now, which is is fantastic. I mean, Clean Marine have an amazing website. My podcasts are up there with lots of different experts. Um, my Second Spring, Ashlyn Grimley has a fantastic website as well. Um, lots of people on. It's called My Second Spring, actually, which is the term they they use in Asia they have menopause parties in Asia for goodness sake they celebrate it because we should celebrate it I I, I worry a little bit that there is a bit of a fear factor thing going on um, and I wouldn't like that to happen you know because it doesn't have to be um, such a a terrible situation if you have the information that you need
1: Yeah because I feel like there's been there's a revolution going on and at the start obviously when we're getting all the stories we're hearing the really extreme sides and it's really important Yes because it's it's breaking down that taboo and it's making everything okay but for most people it won't necessarily be that way because you do hear that in the conversation you that do. people are thinking at 35 will I just start taking HRT no so I can avoid it and it, that's misinformation
3: well i just think that that you know you don't want to be over medicated you don't want to take something that you don't necessarily need 20% of women have a menopause that's so debilitating that some of them have to leave their careers at the other end are lucky ducks. They don't even experience symptoms hardly. So they sail through. The 60% in the middle are the 60% that kind of have a choice, you know. Uh, Well, we all have a choice, but I always feel try the natural supplement route route first. Once you know what you're taking is scientifically proven, you know, and it's not because it's a bit of a minefield out there when it comes to natural health. But as I said earlier, The three things that are most important, regardless of which way you decide to go, are the lifestyle changes. And they are the exercise, the right types of exercise. So this is a lovely thing to hear after 40. We're actually exercising too much. We're all over exercising because our metabolism slows down and we start putting on weight. And there's bloating is one of the symptoms as well. Women are overdoing it. So the best thing you can do is exercise less and rest more. Because if you overdo it and burn out, overstress that pituitary gland, all you'll do is compound your symptoms. So you'll just feel worse. So actually do Pilates, do yoga, do weight resistance training. Reformer Pilates is great for that because there's weights involved. Buy some weights, do some weights yourself at home um, because we need to make sure that we have, you know, a good kind of muscle mass and bone density after 40 as well because they decrease. So that's really, really important. Um, and that's for our current and future, you know, heart, bone and cognitive health. So um, it's just, it's about you know, choosing the right things for your lifestyle, doing things that make you feel good. So obviously resting, switching off, you know, doing something nice, like I'd walk the dogs on the beach. Um, I throw myself into the freezing cold Irish sea (laughs) a few times a week. Um, It's a dip, you know, it's sea swim. It's a bit of an exaggeration. It's more of a dip, but it's really good for me, both I think for my metabolism, for my skin and also for my mental health. Um, And then nutrition. Nutrition is hugely important. And it's about adding a few extra things into your diet that it's it's amazing it sounds so faffy but honestly you will feel the difference almost immediately and that's knowing you know, to have more protein in your diet, and um, some oily fish because omega three is so important for for now and for our future. We know that's one of the most important things that we need in our diet, um, and some you know green veg, some beans and and pulses and chickpeas. Like you can throw them into recipes. There's actually a great little book, and it's free. It's now in its eleventh print run. Since, um, since it came out it's in health stores and pharmacies all over the country and it's called The Essential Guide to Female Hormones you can download it for free on cleanmarine.ie as well it has the five stages of our hormonal journey from puberty to postmenopause, and like my daughters have read it my mom is in her 70s and she's read it and again it gives all of the things that we need to consider so it has Dr. Mary Ryan's in there as the medical expert or one of them talking about HRT. Then you have nutritionist talking about our diet and the things, the, the changes we can make. And then you've got all of the lifestyle changes as well. Um, and that's it's a really good little reference book. And you had a, a DEXA scan recently to, to look at your bone health. I did. I have an underactive thyroid and I had a fall walking the dogs just last year on a path in a pair of runners and I fractured my ankle. So because of that, it was a bit of a concern because over 40, you know, our bone um, density and our muscle mass decreases. So I had heard about a and presumed it was going to be another one of these ugh, really intrusive things that us women have to go through. Um, but actually it's not. And thankfully, Clemarine Menamin said they would come and film it so that other women would realise that it's so easy. It's not like an MRI. It's not like anything else I've ever had done. You're in and out in 15 minutes. And it's really important to get one done, Claire, um, as close to 45 as you can, because then you have a baseline and you've got something to work from, from for the rest of your life.
1: And I had one a, a few years back through this show um, okay. to see about my lean muscle mass and, um, and I was under the impression that it's quite difficult to get one,
3: but that's changed now, has it? Well, if if you're at risk in any way, your GP will refer you. So, um, for me, as I say, it was an underactive thyroid, um, and then that fall, that fracture. So definitely, uh, it, it's something look into.
1: And I think as women we become kind of disassociated from our bodies. Our bodies get a lot of hatred and people think I don't want to scan, I don't want to know about my lean muscle mass, my body fat. We need to flip that mindset and really start to love ourselves
3: a bit more. The last thing you want is to have osteoporosis in later life. You know, 49,000 women remain um, untreated for osteoporosis in Ireland. 25% of women and 6% of men of osteoporosis in Ireland. So it is a real concern. So it's definitely something. Just get your bloods done as well. You should always get your bloods done. Check your thyroid, check your FSH levels, your LH levels. Uh, Your GP can do that for you. And it'll also tell you then whether you're in perimenopause or menopause.
1: It's time to mind ourselves a little bit more. Stop and stop restricting the food. Stop over exercising. Mind yourself through this transition
3: and see it as a And you start. Yes, yes. And look forward to, I always say, because I've got all the information over the last eight years, you know, and I'm still learning, I feel like I'm armed and dangerous. It's like menopause. You know, I'm ready for you. Bring it on. I get through it as best I can. And I'm actually looking forward to coming out the other side, because for the first time in my life, since I was 13, I'm not going to have periods anymore. I'm not going to have PMS. I'm not going to have the anxiety that comes with you know, will it arrive, you know, while I'm on stage some night, you know, because sometimes it arrives when you're nervous or worked up or whatever, um, unexpectedly. I won't have the pain or any of that that goes with it because I would have had very long and painful periods throughout my life. So, like, I can't wait until that's all behind me. I'm going to definitely live my best life.
1: I love that. And, you know, you have made it sexy because you're going to all (laughs) kinds of events, You know, I I know you were away with a beauty brand in London last week. So, you know, the menopause isn't just about these, you know, big discussions with science and, you know, it being all very weighty. As important as all that is. Yes. It's being woven into what it means to be a woman. And I really love that. And you do seem to be living your best life, Lorraine. Like you're flying here, there and everywhere. And you've set up fashion relief again yes. this year
3: um, I said earlier you've raised thousands this year you're working with Breast Cancer Ireland I am yes so a month ago we changed to uh, Benefactor we have a lovely pre-loved boutique in Frascati Centre in Blackrock, and they look after us so well we're very lucky to have them and um, all of the generous women that donate pieces from their own wardrobes some with labels on some not we take everything from Zara to Prada Claire and everything in between once it's in really good condition and then obviously because of my contacts in the business. I have designers giving me their samples, some that have never been made, so they're one-offs. Boutiques and wholesalers giving me their unwanted sale stock. And then gorgeous people like you that I know in the business that are doing wardrobe clear-outs for me. And we really rely on those women and those women-led businesses to donate because we don't buy stock. So we can only make money from what we sell. So we have been flying this month for Breast Cancer Ireland. um, And Yeah, there are a few little gaps in the rails because we've done so well, which is great. So just, yeah, if if anybody is thinking of donating even one or two pieces, you could deliver them into the Frascati Centre. And when the shop is not open, we're open Tuesday to Saturday. Um, And if we're not open, the security team there have said they will take in stock for us. So, yeah, really excited about it. And you and I have been ambassadors for Breast Cancer Ireland for for years. So um, it's a charity that's very close to both of our hearts. And it's so lovely to be able to do something like that. I I love love them. They're a
1: great team. I absolutely love them. But, you know, I remember you starting it a few years ago and it's gone from, you know, the... You were in sort of warehouse locations yes. and you just pull it all together. And like Lorraine I, is I, grabbing the clothes
3: herself. She's doing all the work. I couldn't she and her do it daughters without, are modelling and you just do it all. Women that do it with me, you know, although like it just wouldn't work if I didn't have, you know, the fabulous three women that run the shop, Marie and Claire and Michelle. And then, as you said, in Breast Cancer Ireland, we've got Ashling and Samantha and um, and then myself and then Viv and Rachel and Frascati. So yeah, it's... it's. Um, but you're a grafter, Lorraine. A you're not
1: just the face of anything. Like I don't want people <laughs> to think you just show up and smile, um, which you could do and be well paid for. You're in working on anything that you do. You don't... Mind getting working. your
3: hands dirty. I've always been and and I, I take that as a real compliment, you know, being called a grafter. And I suppose that's why I wasn't nervous um, about leaving, you know, what was perceived as, as a dream job on TV. Because I know I'll always work, Claire. you know, I'll always do something. Um, but it'll always be something that I'm genuinely passionate about. Um, so I don't feel... I don't feel really like it's work a lot of the time. My dad's a musician and he always said to the seven of us, six girls and one boy, whatever you decide to do in life, make sure it's something you love because you're going to spend a lot of time doing it. And that's what I've been able to do. Thank God. Well,
1: Lorraine Keane, it's a pleasure to know you. Thank you so uh, much for coming on today. too. Thanks, Claire. So that's it for Alive and Kicking for this week. My thanks to my producer Eva Breen and to Hugo De Silva-Scott who was on sound. And thanks as ever to you for listening. I will see you next week. Alive and kicking on News Talk.